passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, YouTube. Hello, Post Wrestling Cafe. Hello, everybody out there. We are live. We are live. Welcome, everybody, to the Cafe Hangout. Wei Ting and John Pollock here with you for the next 45 minutes or so. Or so, yes. We'll see. Or so. We'll see how we feel. I put the or so in quotations. How are you? Doing well, man. Yeah. Lots to catch up on now that we have this kind of Thursday slash Friday show. Yes. Uh, We're going to get into some some news items, but right off the top, I want to let everybody know about how they can call in. We now have... Brace for it. I hope everyone is is seated or grabbing something that is secure to the ground. A post-wrestling Skype account. <laughs> you can now... <laughs> Skype! <laughs> you can contact us and call in today by searching for post-wrestling on Skype and calling in. Next week, we might even have something else. Oh, what could, how could you talk? Skype? We should have had something today. Well, listen, Google Hangouts is very nice. This is how we broadcast our shows, and it's it's worked out really well for the people that have, that have been managing to, to call in. Uh, but it hasn't been great, let's be honest. It hasn't been great. It's been kind of riddled with some technical issues. Um, so we want to open it up to Skype as well, and who knows in the future what else. We just want to have a seamless transition to uh, be able to hear from you. So if you prefer Skype... Just like John said, dig up your Skype account and search Post Wrestling. Oh, that's new. And call. What's new? Oh, the camera? The camera. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying out a different camera, guys. So, but if you do want to do Hangouts, I'm going to put that link up there in the uh, thread as well in case you want to show your pretty faces up here in the Post Wrestling Cafe. Off the top, I want to congratulate you, Why? Why is that? Congratulations on being part of one of toronto's 50 podcasts Uh you need to listen to that is right we've been named one of toronto's top 50 podcasts yes from the good people at blog to you know what i wonder if i could even screen share this article uh what what is it top 50 podcasts in toronto i tweeted it out uh on our post wrestling okay i'm going to attempt to do this right now um okay you i'm really kind of testing our limits here of of what of what is possible i mean we just got a skype account and now way is just getting greedy in terms of uh what we can all do i know by the way i want to say hi to everybody in the uh, hangouts right now hello mitch hello brandon castro hello other brandon brandon d other brandon yeah we got a couple brandons in there so yeah you can um (laughs) call in if you guys want to but uh yeah let me try to dig up let me try to screen share our article I'm going to run through a few news items yes, that have happened uh, over the last 24 hours or so since we last spoke to you. Certainly, there is a lot of discussion about uh, potential talent in the WWE and what their status is. I guess the big ones, uh, the Revival, who uh, this was first reported by uh, Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful, that 
the revival. There were concerns on the company's behalf that they could be wrapping up with the company. Dave Meltzer adding that they gave their notice on Monday after their match with Kalisto and Grand Metalik. Now it should be made clear we have no knowledge of these releases being granted or how long the revival are still under deals. So they are WWE performers as we speak and they are expected to be at the house shows this weekend. So there's no reason there. And we've seen in the past, the most recent significant one being Neville of talent that just because you want your release does not mean you are going to be granted your release. Um, t- uh, dovetailing off of that is uh, Ryan Satin at Pro Wrestling Sheet adding Mike and Maria Kanellis' name to the mix as well as talent that have reportedly recently uh, requested their release. Same thing. We don't know if that's been granted and and what the status is. They are all still WWE performers as we speak. But I don't even need to break down individual cases here, Way. I think that now people are seeing what the landscape is like outside of WWE. And if they're unhappy in the WWE, they are more confident than ever of taking their trade elsewhere and and risking it if they even perceive it as a risk. Yeah, the effects of All Elite, the effects of, you know, uh, this this current kind of bidding war for all this talent is already... Ring being, of Honor. Ring of Honor is yep. a player in here. It's already being felt backstage in the WWE where uh, unhappy talent such as, you know, people with, with no power no bargaining power in the past perhaps like a revival or a Micah and maria canellis now have the ability to to voice their displeasure if they're not being utilized properly i don't think this is going to be an isolated case i think people are starting to just feel right now how much power they have outside of the wwe and there are people much like the, the ones that we've been hearing about right now that aren't afraid to burn some of those bridges uh, not to say that that they're necessarily going to piss anybody off by doing this, but they're not afraid to kind of speak their mind and let people know that they're they're not happy. So, you know, in the case of a revival, I think beyond perhaps looking to see if they can get out, we're also seeing people now get pushed because they have other options and they're voicing to the company that, hey, I don't need you. I can go somewhere else. And that's often resulted in benefits. So I would say, you know, it can work out two ways for the revival. They could either get pushed or they could get shelved and not get used at all. I think it's, we're on the verge of, I think a very rich period for performers to enjoy in this. If you are a WWE contracted performer, I think that if you are unhappy and your deal is coming up over the next six to eight months, you are either going to just have to simply go through that period and, you're going to become a free agent at a very lucrative time, potentially, in the industry, or you're going to get, a, I think, a, a much more sizable offer from the company that does not want to be losing talent or have the perception that they are losing a lot of talent that want to leave. So I think the WWE, they're going to have to beef up some of their offers to keep some talent that may, uh, a year or two ago, might have stayed for a lower guarantee that now it's going to require more because they believe that their bargaining power has increased and the market will support a lot more than what um, a WWE offer of a year or two ago would have kept them there for. Do you feel it was intelligent of the Revival who are still under contract to voice their, their displeasure this way? Or would it have been better to wait, wait it out? See, I have a hard time answering that not knowing what's left on their contracts. If they have two years left... I would say maybe the, this wasn't the the best move to make because strategically, what 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 incentive is there for the WWE to release them now, knowing where they're going to be going? 
they like that does not serve the WWE's interest at all. Now, if their deals are up in six months or less, then I think what what does it hurt? It's you're making your your declaration now. Maybe you're let out a couple months early and you've let it be known that when these contracts are up, we're gone. So I think not knowing the term uh, of what they have left, um, it, it becomes a more difficult decision to make. However, I my gut without having uh, anyone confirm this to me would be the WWE wanting to rectify and and move forward and not want to just keep unhappy people and and not utilize them at all my my assumption would be that they would want they want to retain talent and not lose them and part of that is money they can offer but also a part of the equation for a lot of these talents is going to be happiness mm-hmm. and that money is not going to necessarily just be a gateway to the other that you are going to have to um, present people with scenarios and a certain a, a, a certain ability to be successful in the company. So that's mm-hmm. what a lot of these guys are looking at. And it's it's a great time to be a free agent or be on the cusp of it, especially for those that have the ability to work WWE for the next year and see where everything turns out over the next year and then be able to be a commodity when other when it's the next cycle of recycling talent for all these groups. I wonder, like, in the case of, you know, some of the, these talents, how much they like the fact that it's known publicly that they are unhappy and that they've asked for their releases. Because I think, you know, whether or not it results in bigger pushes for them within the WWE, it it does turn them into greater, hotter commodities, regardless of, you know, where, where they end up afterwards like we're talking about them right now all of a sudden the revival seem like it, they're bigger stars and hotter free agents potential hotter free potentially hotter free agents than they probably probably would have been had they not said anything yeah and yeah i don't want to uh, get ahead of myself because you and i have been recording the last few hours so i'm not up on everybody but i think it's telling that none of these people we've just listed have denied this yeah i mean that would that would seem to be pretty evident right there it's beneficial to them to let the world know that they are unhappy and that they feel that they deserve better so you know wherever they end up i think it's it it seems like it might be a good move for them the only negative would be if they're shelved and or if they're completely jobbed out for the duration of their contracts which i think is such an antiquated um viewpoint of talent i don't think anyone the the old thinking was that you know, a guy's on his way out. He's going to another territory is that we'll, we'll beat him on the way out and it lessens his star power going somewhere else. And I think the audience is just much more sophisticated at this point that that wins and losses don't mean as much. And there's good and bad to that. But part of it is that if the revival were to lose for the next six months on TV every single week and the first time the lights go out and the Bucks are confronted by the revival, it would be enormous. Yeah. I don't think it would matter at all. So um, I, I guess the the old joke that Brian Pillman made or was uh, Brian Pillman, uh, I'll be the most I'll be the highest paid jobber in WCW if you're just going to beat me because he wasn't going to take a pay cut. Are there any uh, more kind of, you know, uh, uh, contract things you want to talk about? right now i think those are the ones that are that are kind of out there that we can like uh speak about at the moment i'm uh, i don't doubt that there are many performers that are looking at their options at the moment and what their contract status is and what if they're if they're happy or not and there's going to be many that at the very least they may have no intentions of of leaving but could find themselves in a position where it's contract time and the wwe is going to have to 
spend a lot more to keep them because mm -hmm. their value on the free agent market is a lot more than it was yeah. six weeks ago. Yeah, I'm really curious to see like how wrestling salaries end up changing you know a year from now what they look like they have to go up every everything's going up yeah um i think ultimately though the wwe can't afford those higher contracts we know that for the time being it seems like aew can't afford those contracts maybe even ring of honor can afford those contracts where people that i think are going Th to think feel about think about the idea that the the money here is that we have the wwe that has their war chest there is the con family that mm -hmm. has it's all depends on what is earmarked and you have sinclair broadcasting yeah. so but the the options are there it's just how much is going to be distributed to the wrestling division if you're the con family sure. or you're sinclair and i think the people that are going to feel the brunt of all of this the hardest are the tiers underneath those three you know your people like your impacts and your mlws who don't have those pocketbooks to compete yeah, I mean, Impact's an interesting one. I mean, it's like they have, you know, the Asper family is a very wealthy family, but also one that Impact is, like, this is not a profitable company. And you have to be asking yourself, like, what are we spending money on talent-wise? Like, in Chris Jericho's podcast, he outlined that, you know, he received a very good offer from Impact. And, you know, if you're making an offer to Chris Jericho, it's, you you have to be talking serious money, mm. or else it's like you're just insulting the guy. But my question is, what are you spending that money on versus what is the revenue coming in? They're in yeah. a position at this point where a Chris Jericho coming in to be on the Pursuit channel, like where where is the revenue that you are driving from? Can Chris Jericho open up doors to get you a bigger television deal? Well, then that's money well worth spent being spent. But with Impact, I, I think you have to look at the situation now. Like they are... They are so off the radar in the U.S. Like you can't even track their viewership any longer on TV. So we we don't we're not even go going to know what the television audience is in the U.S. anymore mm -hmm. for Impact. Um, MLW. I think that you have to look at the situation that um, these are the players you are competing with now, and it's it's a pretty big game now. Of can you top this contract wise? And, and what you're going to be able to afford and who you're going to be able to retain. And as well, the talent that you have there now that are looking at the landscape of my value may have been this a year ago when I signed here. Today, I can look and I know I can command this elsewhere. The economy has very much changed. It, it's in the process of changing rapidly. The idea that, you know, somebody like a AJ Styles could enter the free market right now and probably make way more money than he ever anticipated in his career. I find I find that I'm really happy for for pro wrestlers, you know, in general, like him who seem to be able to to garner that value. But it's interesting to see like maybe where somebody like him will end up. I'm sure like he's built a bit of a loyalty right now to the WWE. But what type of competing offers is somebody like AJ going to receive? You know, all the way down to whoever. On, I mean, he could WWE. get an offer so great that it's going to change whatever the timetable was of how long his career was going to be. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the kind of money I would see him. I think this next contract, whoever AJ is with a year from now, I think it's regardless. This guy has won whatever it is Absolutely. he opts to do. My gut would say he's in a really great position in WWE mm -hmm. that I would hit him. It would be a surprise to me for somebody like him, too. I think like, you know, there's stability to a job with the WWE, whereas AEW still largely mm -hmm. untested. You don't know what their TV situation is going to be. You don't know how well they'll do on TV. So, 
but you know, for everybody else who's not AJ Styles, I would say it's it's this is all only a positive. Definitely. Um, some other news. Uh, did you listen to the talk is Jericho? Yeah. Um, I, I wrote about it a lot on the website. I found it a really interesting breakdown of the last year and a half, uh, almost two years, d- dating back to when his WWE contract expired in 2017 and what led up to the All Elite Wrestling signing. Some interesting notes, a lot of what was known, but th- there were there were some interesting uh, news items in there too that weren't known. This was an episode that I think is, is an early contender for a podcast episode of the year that we'll probably discuss later on. I actually have a document for all the awards now oh, that I have, I have, I'm updating weekly. But you know, much like I think, uh, you know, how he's been with his podcast with, with Kenny and, and even like his all-in appearance, Jericho is just like seems incredibly open and, and, and candid about... Because his, his stories life. always check out too. Like you yeah. might get the odd uh, bullshit comment from Jericho, but like, you know, as they come to mind, like... Jericho is pretty damn honest about himself. He's also at a point where, in his career where like he has no reason to lie. Like It almost feels like he has the confidence that, that he's bulletproof enough that he can reveal little tidbits mm-hmm. of information like that. It's not necessarily going to hurt anybody. Uh, and ultimately, I think it engages everybody and, and, and with a level of trust that we, uh, we, we see for a guy like Jericho now. Um, I love the podcast. It was just thrilling. Even hearing little tidbits like how um, he rode in tony khan's uh private plane to go to all in yeah um, to get to the gig in kansas after yep. other highlights uh perhaps include like him actually saying that he considered working with impact at yeah at he point. said um he did get an offer from impact considered doing some dates with them but ultimately didn't um you know he's been one that has said that impact they have money that they can make these competitive offers um He's Chris Jericho, though. Well, right. I think with Chris Jericho, I think you have to look at like impact. It's like he was the one that recommended Scott Demore and Don Callis to Leonard Asper to Ed Nordholm. Mm-hmm. I, I believe he genuinely wants to see Impact succeed. Those are two of his friends. Don Callis is a very good friend of his, and I, I just see with Impact, like again, I, I go back to what we just discussed. I think they're in they're they're in a tough spot in this this current climate of of wrestling and it was a very different climate for them years back where they they kind of had a whole section of the u.s market to themselves because the wwe was not interested in that end of the market and now they're all over it and there's competitors that are all over it do you want to go to our first call yes absolutely hansi you're there unmute yourself and you can uh talk to us right here on the cafe hangout you know if Um, he ever launches a podcast it's got to be called the hansi scheme (laughs) <laughs> what's up hansi yo what's going on guys uh happy new year first of all um same hope to everything you. Is... yeah um uh, i was gonna talk about uh aw but i think you guys covered a lot of it but i think like the two questions i had one i want because uh you guys didn't uh cover this maybe but um there was like a discussion before the new year started about like you know new japan incorporating women's division and then there was a argu- obviously online when these things happen, arguments break out. Obviously, where people are pointing out, well, stardom doesn't need like these Joshi promotions don't need uh, to go to New Japan. They have their own promotions. So I wanted to know what you because because John, you're pretty knowledgeable about the J- Japanese scene, but I didn't know what what you felt about like. Do you think New Japan should incorporate a women's division, or are they behind the times, or you know? Uh, and and then I'll get to the second question after you answer this one. 
Sure. Um, you know, I know it's it's a very complicated topic to that you can go at from many different uh, sides of things. I really do not believe that that New Japan is, you know, excluding women as just simply being, you know, uh, over a gender bias. There are things they do with women on that show that I, I'm frankly appalled by at times with, uh, you know, some of the camera shots and the portrayal of some of the women. Uh, but I think not having women on the show, it's it's much deeper than just, you know, a headline that you can read and New Japan does not have women's wrestling. It's It's the idea that, number one, if you were to start a women's division in New Japan, well, you have to make room for all of those roster spots. This is a roster that is completely, like, there are too too many performers at the moment on New Japan. Secondly is, where are these women performers going to come from? Once you kind of go into that topic, it's taking from the existing women's promotions that, you know, a lot of them have stated that, you know, if we lost all of these key performers it would probably put a number of these women's promotions out of business as well. So it's just, it's a very different mindset there in terms of, you know, pre- presenting the entire industry at a certain level of health and having all of these operations. I don't think anyone has any idea of just how many functioning wrestling promotions at varying degrees. There is New Japan and then there's everybody else uh, are operating at and the amount of people that are deriving work from the professional wrestling industry. I can also see the side of things that especially as New Japan is trying to make a further imprint into the United States that not having women's wrestling is maybe a a void that fans in the U.S. would like to see that are seeing the success of women's wrestling in so many different promotions that New Japan is missing something. Uh, So I, I can understand both arguments, but I can also see that it's it's a ripple effect that there is a negative to it as well if they were to suddenly pluck all of these stars that they made New Japan exclusive and where would you know your stardoms and your ice ribbons be and, and countless other Joshi promotions that would lose a lot of significant stars in order to feed a promotion that honestly is is doing really great business as is Okay, yeah, that's good because I, I kind of felt the same way, but I used to, I wasn't as knowledgeable about it as like you know other people. There's one chick named Sierra Reed. She's been doing like for like the past like ten years. She's done write ups on Japanese wrestlers and uh, women wrestlers. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that. I'm for a, a woman in New Japan. I just didn't want other businesses to go out of business for it. Yeah, and my second. My second question, uh, and I'll I'll get off before other people want to come back on. I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, do you guys? Uh, I want to know. Um, do you guys think that the Royal Rumble is going to be as uh, easy as Becky Lynch just joins in, or do you think that they're going to give her the Daniel Bryan treatment where we're expecting her to join in if she doesn't win the belt, or uh, and then you know they just incorporate her in some other type of way into like the into like the title match at WrestleMania or do, do you think she's actually going to be in it cuz I'm kind of worried that they won't actually have her in it cuz they you know we assume that the person who loses the title match will always be incorporated into the Royal Rumble that's what they've been doing with Roman Reigns the last several years so I just wanted to know what you guys in general thought uh about like the route that they're going to take for the Royal Rumble yeah, I, I think it's a great point to raise. I think that if if Becky Lynch is not winning the title earlier in the show, uh, you're 
there's several ways you can do it, but the idea of her not winning the title and then not being put into the Royal Rumble, I would hope that they have learned from the Daniel Bryan example cited in 2014 of what a disaster that turned into. And, oh dear. Oh, are we, are we getting our first Skype call? I believe we are. So let's, uh... All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Hanzi. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, going back to Hanzi's point, I find it... I mean, you can you can certainly see them maybe perhaps going the route of disputed finish with uh, Becky versus Asuka and then having perhaps Charlotte win the Rumble, somehow turning that into uh, sort of the setup for the three-way. I think, uh, like John said, you're going to have to expect pretty negative reaction for uh, whoever ends up winning that Rumble if it's anybody but Becky Lynch, if Becky Lynch doesn't make an appearance whatsoever. However, with the way that this Becky Lynch build has been going, perhaps it's a byproduct that is not necessarily such a negative thing. Becky Lynch has gotten to where she is because she is seen as the underpushed person, much in the same way Daniel Bryan was in that Royal Rumble leading into that WrestleMania, where he was not featured. And in their minds, that only seemed to serve to make him into a bigger star. So if they decide to go that same route with Becky Lynch by not featuring her at the end of the Royal Rumble, um, maybe in their minds, this is their way of pushing Becky Lynch in that weird way. Yeah, I mean, if if you don't have a plan for Becky in the Rumble, you can always do the title match after the Rumble. I just don't see that being as satisfying Which for people. title match? The women's title match with Asuka and Becky Lynch. Oh, okay. I mean, if the title match is coming out after you would be less inclined to believe Becky. Why would she be in the that Rumble? That would be a good explanation as to why but, Becky But here's the thing. The What's Rumble? the alternate scenario for the Rumble? Book me this Royal Rumble with Becky Lynch not being involved. Sure. It's a pretty unsatisfying match. Yeah, it would be. It and, would be. And I think that if you have her and Charlotte in, in the Rumble, it would... Like, that is the direction right. everyone feels is... But is, but is the goal always to have a satisfying outcome at the end of the Royal Rumble? Well, what is your, who is your alternate winner, if not for... Charlotte. I, Charlotte wins. And I would just... I, I think they, they've, they've put themselves into a bit of a corner that I, I think you want to have sh- uh, Becky feature prominently on this show and just losing to Asuka unless she wins the title at the Rumble. That's a direction you can go or in. Or disputed finish. Right. Yeah. There's several options you can do. Uh, but if, if you have Becky and Charlotte in the Rumble... Um, that's what I think most people expect. Becky and Charlotte in the Rumble. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, to me, like, I've always preferred the clear path of Becky winning the Rumble to go on to a one-on-one match with Asuka, but maybe that's not what they had. You mean mind. Ronda? Ronda, you're right, I'm sorry. You're right, yeah. So, Becky, yeah, anyway. All right. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the whole, the, the women's uh, wrestling in New Japan? Did you have any thoughts on I that? mean... It's a very different system that they have set up there historically um, that I personally don't necessarily feel qualified to speak on. I I don't know if I can criticize New Japan for being. I'm I certain I'll discuss it with WH on the next show too. Like yeah, like I, to hear I, I, his thoughts too. I would kind of defer to somebody like Chris Charlton or WH to to speak on on something like that. Um, but for me personally, I. I, I, I certainly wouldn't mind seeing women in New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, in, in matches, but can I lay the same kind of criticism on them that I currently do for like a WWE if WWE didn't feature women? There's so much more to me that goes into uh, 
cultural uh, differences between the two countries that, again, I feel like I have to know a bit more about Japan before I can speak on that. But our first Skype call, Mitch, what is your question? How are you? Yo, Mitch, uh, how you doing, man? I don't know if you guys can see me on video or not. No uh, video. No, no video. video. Just oh, audio. I was outside the United Nations. I was giving the tour of New York on the road to WrestleMania Liberty. Well, I, well, we believe you. Describe <laughs> the scene for us, so, for all the people listening. It's very cold, and there's a fence behind me. I was going to make some Uso penitentiary joke. Well, but, uh, <laughs> the effort was there, Mitch. We appreciate the, that. The effort's there. Hey, uh, so I don't... Uh, diminish the quality of sound on this um do you guys think they could possibly do the three-way to unify the women's title ronda becky charlotte where ronda and becky are the title holders coming out of uh, the rumble and you get uh charlotte who wins the rumble and then that's how you kind of get to a unification i ask that because i'm looking down the line when they go to fox and they're going to want all the big stars on both brands and it does seem like maybe with the women's tag title they're considering doing something where they just have one title across brands. Well, I, I like the idea of a unification. I do expect the three-way. I don't know about the unification. I'd be all in favor of that, especially given how they're introducing the tag title belts. I think that that would be uh, something I would be all in favor of, of doing. The question that is unanswered is what those uh, talent restrictions are going to be between NBC and Fox. If, if Fox is going to want to be not just showing talent that is showing up on Monday, but recapping angles that are happening on the USA Network, if vice versa with Fox. That's kind of an unknown in this whole in this whole deal because that would not be shocking to me. This is not a network like UPN where, hey, they were fine with that crossover. That was no problem. Is that going to be the same case with Fox and NBC? I think you can also kind of make the argument that, you know, Certainly having Ronda on both shows is great. Having Becky on both shows is great. But perhaps taking away one of the belts might work negatively in diminishing their star power. Right now, you can look at Ronda being the star on one show and Becky on another show being equals. If they were both on the same show, one of them had a belt, one of them didn't. Does that change the perception of star power at all? That's uh, a very good point, and also uh, it leaves a lot of women in the division to not really have anything to do mm-hmm. unless they make the tag titles really important, which, based on the rollout, um, is questionable. Yeah, you're looking at the Iconics versus Sasha and Bailey as, you know, you're, you're right now what looks to be your, your top two contenders. Well, in the famous words of Bart Scott, can't wait. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I had for uh, my WrestleMania-themed call-in, which is... Uh, kind of where my head's at at the moment is drew mcintyre seemed to get a big rub from paul Heyman, and they sent him out there with not a lot of time to cut the promo i'm wondering if they did that because they really wanted him to get something in about drew mcintyre and if they would strap the rocket to him have him win the rumble and go face brock uh and again you have the potential that paul Heyman, who has hyped up this guy could potentially swerve or screw brock and uh you know you're definitely that is somebody that could use the win that uh, kind of Brock has built up all this credibility with all his wins over the years. So Drew is a babyface for, for Mania. Is that what you're suggesting? Not as much a babyface as kind of you have two guys that are can play in between. Um, I think you have a portion of the audience that just wants to see Brock lose the title because they're tired of a no-show champion. You could play that up. And then you also have the portion of the audience that is tuning in for Brock. So he is a... I don't want to say a baby face in the purest form, but he's a draw. So you have two guys that 
look this look the part and um you know with a Brock Lesnar match you have the intrigue and you have a 50-50 audience either way well I, I think that it, there's no doubt that Drew McIntyre is a major priority for them this year I don't I don't see him winning the Rumble, but I do see him uh, being someone that is going to be in there right until the end. I think this is the the Rumble for Seth to win, and if he's not winning it, it's only to delay uh, becoming Brock's opponent for WrestleMania. I think all the seeds are planted. It's it's consistent with what I've heard, and that should be the WrestleMania match. What I kind of like with Drew, and they teased it during the appearance on Raw, not this past week, but the week prior, is... Maybe that becomes John Cena's opponent. Mm. We know that the the yeah. talk had been out there of Cena and Lars Sullivan. If that is no longer a direction, I like Drew kind of unseating the the star of the past, and that is I, I think a lot more valuable for Drew. And you have a really hot heel coming out of WrestleMania. I like that a lot as a substitute. I wonder what Drew's. Role, thank you, by the way, Mitch, for the call. Uh, I wonder what Drew's role would have been had, uh, you know, uh, it, it maybe what his plans are right now for WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't know. They're not obvious at all. But I love, I would love the idea of him facing Cena. It's a high profile match. And I think it, it would be a really big win for Drew. You could get some great, like they had some, I thought, very good chemistry just on the mic uh, mm-hmm. dur- during that segment. I think that's a great program uh, for Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Going in. Uh, a few other items from uh, the past couple of days. Tokyo Sports had their awards ceremony, and all the, the major guys are there in attendance. It's a big uh, suit and tie affair. Uh, this was this is like the serious version of the Slammies. And Kenny Omega was there to accept, along with Okada, the Match of the Year award that they received. And Omega gave a speech um, that was recapped on, on Yahoo in Japan, and Chris Charlton did uh, translate a little bit of it that... He stated that he may not be on the same stage next year, and he plans to go have the match of the year on the international stage, furthering his hints that his time with New Japan, at least as a contracted performer, uh, is limited with his deal set to expire January 31st. And yeah, I think that certainly the the breadcrumbs are being dropped to lead everyone to believe that this guy is not going to be resigning with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Will he have some kind of a relationship like Kota Ibushi does? That is to be determined ultimately mm-hmm. by where he lands and where and if it's all elite, what is all elite's relationship with New Japan in 6 months from now because it could be very different than today's. Certainly, yeah. Uh certainly I think we can look past the MSG show but before I think maybe determining what what the clarity of that relationship is going to be like. But Kenny Omega is just the hottest, the hottest free agent in pro wrestling right now, uh, somebody who stands to like make a whole lot of money. Um, he holds the cards for a number of promotions, you know, whether it be all AEW or New Japan or even the WWE. I I'm curious if he's receiving offers outside of the the of same those three co- of the same companies we announced that are just who are the, who are the other players? Ring of Honor. Um, Maybe. Listen, if an Impact Wrestling is making an offer to a Chris Jericho, why are they not making an offer to a Kenny Omega? I'm just I'm not stating that's a likely destination. I'm just curious if they're even kicking the tires, throwing an offer. Yeah. Like if you're Kenny Omega, you're listening to anyone. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. I just like just my assumption is that the the numbers are probably really high. And at what point, you know, are are kind of other companies um, maybe getting priced out? I'm not sure. 
also from the Chris Jericho podcast, he confirmed uh, the detail that had been out there that it's an exclusive three-year deal with AEW with the exception of New Japan, that he can make his own deal with New Japan. Yeah. So that's important. Yep. So he has, he has that distinction, at least that we know of. And I'm sure it'll be one that, I guess like he has the option, but the other question is if New Japan will be willing to work with him, with his association with AEW. Would ROH be happy with that? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, there, there's many different political hurdles here. But when you are someone that uh, can be a, a, a difference maker when it comes to business, that tends to change the rules to the specific performer. And Jericho certainly qualifies as one of those people. Any other uh, kind of recent signings that, that you think uh, we should be discussing here? Roosh, uh, Roosh, we talked about. Yeah, we talked about Roosh to Ring of Honor. We'll still be doing dates with CMLL. Yep. Uh, any updates on people such as uh, Kushida or Strange Strickland or, or you know, other people that are rumored to be coming in? I mean, with with Shane Strickland, I think people anticipate that there's going to be an upcoming class for NXT that I think is going to be a pretty loaded one. Trevor Lee has already announced he is going. Uh, Kushida is expected to be WWE bound. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe 205 bound. Yes. And then we've got... Um, How do you feel about that? With Kushida. 205.5. Yeah, I think it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll watch 205.5, though, at least for a few weeks. Yeah, I want to see how he does. I think those matches will be amazing. I just hope the audience reaction. I've never be... looked at 205 Live and said, oh, you know I what? Know. It's the match quality that's really holding me back from I, following I, this. I hope the, the audience's reactions to him will be favorable if he just debuts live into like right on 205 Live like that. I hope, you know, the storylines will be important enough. Or is it just a, a fruitless battle to try to, you know, make 205 Live that relevant of a show? Yeah, I just, to me, the, the talent has never been the issue on 205 Live. And it's just, um, it, it is what it is. And I don't see Kushida changing the entire uh, opinion of that. Uh, just as a priority show, 205 Live as a, as a whole. Brandon wants to ask, where does Marco Stunt go when he's ready? Do you think he's he will be somebody who will be picked up by one of the... Okay, let, let's uh, recap this because... Um, uh, Dave Meltzer had this week on his radio show that is not he has not been signed yet, uh, but is expected to. And that's Jungle Boy, who is uh, the son of Luke Perry that people might not be familiar with and has kind of gained a following on uh, the Game Changer wrestling shows and it, on, on the California scene. So if they are signing up people at the level of a Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt is 100% going to be signed by someone. Definitely. When he comes back and is... Physically ready to Dude, wrestle again? At this point, David Arquette, I wouldn't be surprised if he got signed by somebody. Anybody with some level of buzz attached to him over the past year. Ilya Dragunov, you know? Yep. Yeah, he's the he is another one expected to be part of the NXT UK brand. Like, there are just so many um, talent uh, situations that are in motion at the moment. That Another thing of value, I think, is the fact that if you have not had that national exposure yet. I think that's something also that AEW seems to be looking at is not just having your established talent, your big name talent, but also people like the OWE crew that, yes, certain people have seen some of these guys, but in terms of a big audience in North America, these are some fresh faces. These are some fresh names and it's a fresh style as well. So I I think that 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 agreement is going to be a really beneficial one. 
I, I think uh, what's also interesting is that, you know, like last year in the years prior, WrestleMania weekend has always felt like this wonderful, wonderful festival of like the best of non WWE talent just everywhere scattered all across the city. Do you think it'll look like a very different scene this year and in the years but beyond? I just think it's it's not going to be the days of guys being able to work every single place because now it's part of these promotions are it's not just offering it trying to get dates on guys it's trying to be the exclusive home of these people so mm-hmm. you know something we didn't talk about with the the new main event for MLW show um is LA Park LA Park taking on uh Pentagon Pentagon Jr who has booked himself he is on uh, the WrestleCon Super Show that mm-hmm. Thursday night. He's on the MLW show advertised for the main event. And while Impact has not announced any matches yet for their show, that's that same night. And on the on the on the ticket site, they are listing Pentagon. So he is in theory booked on three shows that are all taking place at the same time. And like you can do two shows that are taking place at the same time. Three seems really tough yeah. to pull off logistically. That for him to do the all three shows seems like a a stretch. I think he could do it though. Well, we've seen guys have that ridiculous schedule at WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, but you don't three shows at the same start time. These are like seven thirty eight p.m. Start I'm sure times. Zach Saber Jr. or Will Osprey has done done something crazy like that. I'm not saying it's but. impossible. But it's difficult. I'm also wondering, like, the what the... I mean, the, the, the quality of those matches, I'm sure, will still be really high. But it, it also depends on the style of match as well. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be enough. It also takes communication among these promotions that if and, they wanted to be difficult, they certainly could to... And the, what the traffic situation is like. Well, that's LA. it. Like, the Impact show was out in Jamaica, Queens. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty... That's a bit of a distance. That's the documentary I want. You know, just a, a, following a dash cam on Pentagon Jr.'s, sure. you know, Uber driver. Yeah. Um, but how many of those cases do you think there will be this year at WrestleMania? Are we going to see less and less of? I think you're going that? to see that. I mean, uh, Tom Lawler, um, he got pulled from a Black Label Pro show. And that was, cool. I, I think that's because he's got a conflict with MLW. So MLW takes the precedence there. Right. Um, like Tom Lawler is booked on MLW and he's doing the Bloodsport show. And I, I think that there's probably a lot of those talents that guys want to get dates on. And it's it's now it's the contract era and the contract era is going to be morphing into the exclusive contract era. Yeah. And I think next year at WrestleMania week, that's going to be something because so many of these guys, they're going to be putting pen to paper on exclusive deals. And you're, I, I think the days of seeing the top, top indie guys doing eight to 10 shows a week or a weekend for WrestleMania I think those days are passing. It's going yeah. to be the the talent trying to make a name for themselves. Those are the ones that can spread themselves thin. Again, it's a great thing for all the talent, but I think it like for the fans, where are you going to see all this talent that's being, you know, held by all these companies? Like, it's not like they're necessarily the WWE is not putting on as many shows as say, you know, uh, all these guys were wrestling in throughout the, the course of a weekend. I guess you'll have to look at things like access, you know, like access is going to be stacked this year with uh, with all that talent. I think that WWE each year they have seemed to put more of an emphasis on access to try and compete with these shows. And uh, like this year, I'm certain that you're going to see access beef up their access cards with the NXT and NXT UK talent. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be amazing. But I'm almost surprised they're not running a, a, a UK show. WrestleMania weekend because I think that they're 
is enough that they could they could do an eight to nine thousand seat building for NXT UK now. Your top stars are going to be there, though. I'm sure they'll announce something. They're they're doing this uh uh, uh worlds collide thing. You know, that's Royal Rumble weekend. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure they'll announcing announce yeah. something similar for for WrestleMania. Yeah. Like you. T- you run WrestleMania weekend in New York City, and you've got Pete Dunne and Tyler Bade and Trent Seven and Walter. Walter will come over here. He will do it with Ilya Dragunov. You put those guys, that's that's doing eight to 9,000 people in New York City, WrestleMania think, weekend. Yeah, but they're not necessarily promoting access for that uh, on the basis of, of, of these cards, you know? And, and I think... Can you imagine I, Walter at access? It'll happen. Like, it probably yeah. will. Yeah. I mean, I saw Brock Lesnar at access one, once upon a time. That's true. So... It'll be really interesting. Access. To it's a actual, fascinating time. Like to be like covering the industry right now, I think is one of the most intriguing periods I've ever covered because there's so many moving parts, and it's going to be each week. I think there's going to be different things dropping that yeah. are going to be uh, throwing a, a curveball into whatever people perceive the direction is going. Yeah, I really look forward to seeing like how you know kind of those non 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 big three big four companies are going to cope with all this. Are they going to the, go the route of you know trying to be more creative with with their cards? Like something like Bloodsport, I see as uh, such a niche thing that the WWE will won't compete with or necessarily AEW. Like Frank Mir appearing on a Bloodsport, I don't think it nece- other companies are really going to be go nearing near uh, go near towards something like that. So. Are we going to see kind of, you know, those independent prom- promotions f- go farther and farther into niche styles of professional wrestling that AEWs and, you know, New Japan's and WWE won't be touching? Here's another one. Hey, there's so many hypotheticals, but let's say that there's, there's, and from all we can understand is that there are multiple suitors that all elite wrestling have been talking to for a, for a television deal. They go with one network. Does the other, has the other kind of, bought in on pro wrestling and if they're left at the altar without an aew deal Mm -hmm. does that shut the door on professional wrestling all it takes is one other network to suddenly say hey we want wrestling we have been we have bought in we have done the research into this all elite wrestling we didn't get them what is the next best target and an impact wrestling lands a better tv deal in the u.s like that's how quick this game can change that you have i think that you have a level of interest now amongst cable networks that are at least looking into this and saying, what, what is this subgenre? We now understand there is wrestling that is non WWE and these all in this all in show has shown us that man, there's, there's quite a ceiling at this secondary level. And do where's the next all elite wrestling? Well, I've, I've, I've always felt like ring of honor could be doing a better TV, um, like a, a, like an actual kind of more better than Sinclair, at least like better than syndication. Um, who's to say that WWE themselves won't start shopping around some of these other shows, be it 205 or NXT? They always have those options. Yeah, it's uh, there, there's many, many interesting parts to it. Um, fine. Mitch, sorry, Mitch has a quick question from the chat again. He says, if ROH wasn't owned by Sinclair and Impact wasn't trapped by the Anthem TV situation, would they have had a chance to go land real TV? Um, well, I mean, with Sinclair, I mean, there's, there's, nothing stopping them for from shopping this as like a a national like they they own the company so yeah. if there was a, a a network out there that wanted to take ring of honor away from syndication and sinclair was being paid such an amount that it made sense to remove that from their syndication package there's nothing stopping them from doing that um yeah so uh on the impact side i 
I, I think that it, clearly this is showing like this, this last, this exit from pop, there was not a lot of interest. There was probably minimal interest in, in impact wrestling, because if there wasn't, then they wouldn't be on the pursuit channel. Mm-hmm. So I think that tells you what the demand was for impact wrestling after the, this last go around. And from all indications, it's not exclusive with Pursuit. I mean, it's it's partially owned by Anthem, so that doesn't exclude them from cutting a better deal if one comes away and they're they're locked in to a deal with Pursuit. It seems that if something better comes along, Impact can entertain those offers, and I think that's pretty vital for them in 2019 to have a better uh, window. I did watch Impact on Friday, and I watched it on Twitch, and like it was an actual kind of enjoyable experience to watch it on Twitch with the chat room. No, I turned the chat room off. Uh, I did not need that. I don't ever need a chat room when I'm watching something. Uh, I can tell you 100%. But Except be- for these cafe hangouts, of course. Of course. Uh, but in between the the commercials and they, they would just show, you know, old highlights of stuff, some top five lists. And it's cool to go and see their library. And mm-hmm. yeah, I found it enjoyable to watch on Twitch. So um, the thing is, as I was watching it, like it started around... 9,000 or so viewers. I noticed it going around up to around 11,000. I wasn't monitoring it significantly, but this is the amount of people that were watching it live on Twitch. You're talking around 11,000 people. Which is still lower than your mixed match, like the worst weeks of the mixed match challenge, just to give some context. But that's, again, live. And, you know, I... I, This is on a Friday night at 10 o'clock. But I I think that tells you, like, this is... The whole idea was, okay, well, Twitch, it's free for everyone worldwide. It's like, okay, well, that's what free worldwide means, 11,000 people. Are replays available on Twitch, or is it just a live broadcast? Yeah, I think you can go back and watch okay. it on Twitch after the fact. So, you know, certainly, I, 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 I can't imagine this being their first choice, broadcasting on, on Pursuit or Twitch. But at the very least, I think it's a good option for them to gain, give accessibility for people that otherwise would have never watched on Pop uh, if they didn't have Pop or even Destination America. So, uh, in that sense, I think it was a good move, but certainly if the idea is that you're paying all this money to produce this television show, you probably want to get a better money offer for it. So I can't imagine this to be a permanent solution for impact. Uh, if, if a better TV deal were to come along, Jeremy has got a quick question here from the chat room. He yep. says impact wrestling is currently split into four half hour episodes this week, uh, on the pursuit schedule. Does that have any impact on TV ratings? Impact is split into four half-hour blocks, like on the on the te- on the guide. Uh, well, I mean, it would still if if one was if you're tuning in, I mean, it's it's still taking that into account. Like you would have, it, yeah, it, I don't imagine. It's not it like having... you would be taking a a giant number and dividing it by four. It would just be there would be four numbers that are representative of the the audience. Like the audience, when you see that Impact does three hundred thousand viewers. That is the average taken from those 120 minutes. So that is the average amount that would be there. So it shouldn't be any different if it's broken up into four. Raw is technically broken up into three individual one-hour blocks. And we get those breakdowns of the three hours. And that, and then you get an average that you can just calculate based off the three hours. Okay. Anything uh, else in news that you wanted to... Um, just last things. Uh, Dakota Kai underwent surgery on Thursday for a torn ACL, which she suffered on December 7th during a six-woman tag at an NXT live event. Um, 
Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura has been added to the Royal Rumble, as has uh, Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono for the TakeOver special. That looks like a very good TakeOver. Can you uh, give me the card right now? Yes, what, it what is, is it? headlined by... Uh, by the way, is this spoiler territory or not? No, no, everything's okay. been announced. Cool. It's Tommaso Ciampa, Aleister Black for the NXT title, Ricochet against Johnny Gargano for the North American title, Undisputed Era against the War Raiders for the tag titles, and With a great promo uh, that aired on NXT TV this week that I know was probably shot at their wedding. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. It's like, man, did this guy on his wedding day have to do promo yeah. work? I mean, I hope that this wedding was a write-off, that NXT covered the, I, the wedding. I like, would say these guys at the work. At least video production, I have to assume. Uh, Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair for the women's title. This week on NXT, they did a segment in the ring with Bianca Belair and Baszler, Marina Shafir, and Jessamyn Duke. Dude, Bianca Belair is going to be a superstar. Yeah. I think that she is just outstanding. And Baszler was very good here too as the boy. Okay, you say that. At the same time, we just reviewed NXT's takeover from 2016. (laughs) We see where a great deal... Bailey on that show looked uh, amazing and was treated like a spectacular, spectacular home run. Like, can't miss uh, main roster conversion. And kind of let's 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 wait and see is what I'm saying. I'm going to go so far as to say that Montez Ford of the Street Profits and Bianca Belair are going to be the most successful husband-wife duo. Did you not watch that hotel room skit this week, John? Oh, come come on. on. How could you... I'm trying to be optimistic here, Way. I, I think both of them have uh, tremendous futures. And uh, yeah, the last one is Riddle and Cassius Ono. So looks, five matches lo- looks like a stellar card for looks, Saturday in Phoenix. Yeah, I look forward to that. And I'm actually looking forward to the Rumble, too. Yeah, I think I think that it's it's shaping up to be uh, a very good show. Okay, before we get out of here, let's take a look at what we teased earlier, the top 50 podcasts you should be listening to right now. I'm going to screen share this one. All righty. This is of course from BlogTO, the highly respected BlogTO, uh which is a publication that I recommend to everybody when they vacation in toronto for things to do this is something that i was completely unaware of but apparently i didn't even know there were 50 podcasts out of toronto to be honest but uh let's look at some of these uh choices the backline if you're into improv comedy then the backline is a must listen the bedpost podcast canadian podcast winner eric pin interviews guests and performers from the bedpost stage show (laughs) so I've not heard of any of these things. Canada Land, I have heard heard of. Um, but the only one that matters... Oh, by the way... Okay, anyway. The only one that really matters out of this list... Hey, look at this. Renee, Renee Paquette. Yeah. Yeah, she's on this too. Regular Girls with Renee Paquette. Look at but that. even more important than all of that... Post-wrestling. Right here. Post-wrestling is more like a series of different podcasts, but they all have one thing in common... Wrestling co-host John Pollock and Waiting review Raw, SmackDown, New Japan Pro Wrestling, ROH, UFC, and discuss the latest in pro wrestling news. Well, that's very nice. It's almost as if they took the time to listen to every individual show, but I have a feeling that's not necessarily what it is because that's exactly pretty much what I have as our description for our uh, podcast on. Here's a description for Renee's uh, podcast. Regular girls. They call themselves regular girls, and they are, but they are also so much more. Each week, pals Renee Young and Stacy McGonigal break down celebrity gossip, beauty, fashion with a sprinkle of conspiracy theories, crystals, and the odd tarot card. Tarot card. Tarot? Wow. Tarot? Tarot. 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 Oh, that's what I thought. Tarot card. Well, uh, thank you, Blog TO, for... Um... Featuring us as one of 50. I'm so proud. 
Thank you so much. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, I got news for next week. Uh, first of all, before we wrap up, didn't you promise me a card trick for this show? Oh, that's right. Well, it, it, we have the video here. Do yeah. You, do you have a deck of cards? I don't have Oh, <laughs> man. I forgot to get the deck of cards. You son of a bitch. Okay. I warned you, too. Okay, next video. We'll, we'll, we're going to put the video up, okay? I'm going to do this card trick with Way. We'll do it on the Cat Hangout next week. Okay, I promise. I won't forget. Um, next week on the Cafe Hangout, it's going to be just a few days before the Royal Rumble and Royal, Re- Royal Rumble weekend. So, Way and I are going to do a Royal Rumble preview. And joining us on the show next week is... Jimmy Corderas. Wow. Yes. Just confirmed? Yes. Right just confirmed. Awesome. Uh, well, about an hour ago. Very so cool. Jimmy will join us to preview the Royal Rumble. So looking forward to that. And yeah, maybe we'll take some calls, predictions, that kind of thing on next week's Cafe Hangout. Is Jimmy going to be via Skype? Or he will be Hangout? joining us. Uh, yes. Digitally. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Is that it? Anything else to uh, promote? Mention? Uh, yeah, yeah. So on the feed right now, if you're listening on Friday, of course, is the debut episode of the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, which is Nate Milton's brand new show reviewing every single film from The Rock's Hollywood career, starting with The Scorpion King, the one that started it all for Dwayne Johnson. So check that out right now on the free post-wrestling feed. Uh, as well on the cafe feed, which is our Patreon feed, you can find our review of NXT Takeover Dallas from the year 2000, featuring Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. That's on this week's edition of Rewind Away. And then Saturday, John is back with Phil to review the UFC's debut on ESPN Plus. Yeah, we'll discuss that on uh, Saturday night. And I also just want to mention. Um, the passing of uh, Chris Sims, who is a name that uh, I don't know if everyone is familiar with. He also wrestled as a uh, Dr. Rex uh, Bacchus, and he just passed away um, this week. He was working in MLW. He was uh, part of the ring crew and also uh, was a prelim wrestler as well. Uh, very sad. Um, he went into hospice care recently and uh, just passed away. So I want to make mention of that as well. So that is going to wrap up the Cafe Hangout. I want to thank everybody uh, for joining us. And you can go to postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com. And we thank you for all the support and listenership.